0: This fucking guy. Hello, my little flapjacks. Welcome to This Fucking Guy, a podcast about self-care. If self-care is one long scream into the void. Here
1: is where we use expletives and alcohol to emotionally process the creeps, jerks, and P-words that compose the shitty elevator music of our lives. I just can't look. It's killing me. And
0: Martinez. And I'm taking control, Ginger Golub. Jealousy! jealousy turning change Oh turning. my
1: god, what a killer hook!
0: It's taken us until April of this year. I think we started in December. <laughs> it's taken us... Four months to get through the first and only verse of Mr. Brightside.
1: <laughs> That's true. See, they wrote that one verse and they're like, honestly, nailed it. Don't need to do anymore. We'll just keep repeating this sucker. Like, they won't even give a shit. And we don't.
0: Apparently, um I listened to an episode of Punch Up the Jam about this. But apparently, uh the entire song was just them fucking around on something, and they planned to write a second verse later, but they were essentially just testing effects and levels on their thing, and then they were like, no, you can't mess with perfection. Ah,
1: beautiful. Mm. Mm.
0: I, I want to start out this episode by apologizing to you. Mm. um, Both on our Matt Gates episode and on our last episode, in which we referenced Matt Gates for saying that he seemed too square to take cocaine, I had... If I'm honest, both fundamentally misunderstood Matt Gates and cocaine.
1: <laughs> I do agree with that.
0: Yeah. It, it's sort of like, because uh, uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff and I just finished the QAnon uh, HBO series, Q Into the Storm, mm. uh, in which they essentially um figure out that QAnon is a 28-year-old hentai enthusiast living in Japan.
1: There's been um, nothing more true. Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, there was a lot more Marjorie Taylor Greene footage in that, and in that you can also very clearly see the CrossFit enthusiasm, Um, you know, without her even needing to talk about CrossFit. So that, those are two people that I fundamentally misunderstood. Yeah. Uh, and I needed to apologize to you for that just right off the bat. Well, but- I appreciate that apology. I will
1: perhaps not cancel you. Mm. I will think about not canceling you.
0: I appreciate your mercy. Is there anything, uh, that you need to scream into the void? Uh,
1: yeah. So this song got stuck in my head the other day and it reminded me of this film. Did you ever see Babes in Toyland? Yes which is, dear listeners, a 1986 American made-for-TV Christmas musical film Mm. that starred Drew Barrymore, Keanu Reeves, and
0: Pat Morita. It is, okay, so I remembered Pat Morita. It is cuckoo bananas to me that that was Drew Barrymore and Keanu Reeves.
1: Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. It was actually, I'm just looking at the Wikipedia, it was shot on location in Munich.
0: Why? I don't—it's a made-for-TV film! There is nothing about that movie that makes me think, you know what, we need a level of realness that only Munich can give us.
1: Actually, do you remember the—it has, like, those fucking creepy bird puppets? That feels very German.
0: Uh, well, Jim Henson's got creepy bird uh, puppets. That's true. So, the
1: song that was stuck in my head was Cincinnati. And I'm gonna send you that link so we all can enjoy this song <laughs> that haunted my day haunted my days like repeating over and over in my head. Ds-
0: I come from Cincinnati. The best town in Ohio. At first they called it Cincy, but since cincy is so nice. still
1: there? I'm still here. I had to turn it down because it's so loud.
0: It's very loud. Jesus. Please drop that link in the show notes for... It's uh, gonna go on
1: our website. It's gonna go in the episode. Everyone needs to enjoy this song, which is like such a weird homage to Cincinnati, Ohio? Hmm. A city and state no one could care
0: less about? And yet... Meet Me in St. Louis is an entire movie. Is St. Louis, Ohio or Missouri? Uh, it's St. Louis, Missouri. Anyway,
1: <laughs> um, I mean, it's just such a strange energy. And again, they're filming this in Munich. Singing <laughs> about you know, in Ohio.
0: <laughs> if you're in Munich in 1987, I suspect you are somewhat <laughs> homesick for Cincinnati. Like, that tracks to me.
1: Just such a fucking weird-ass movie. A fever dream of a film. And the only other song I know about Ohio is that uh, the guys who did, they did, like, two songs on YouTube where it's like, Have fun in Cleveland today. Come on down to Cleveland town, everyone. This is our river that catches on fire. (laughs) Like, those are trains exporting jobs out of Cleveland. (laughs)
0: Like, the river does catch on fire. I don't think it's done it in like the last 20 years, which is like he, nature is returning to Cleveland. <laughs> what a bar! The what earth bar. is
1: reclaiming its forbidden land, the
0: earth is reclaiming Cleveland, <laughs> which is honestly the best thing that's happened to
1: Cleveland since
0: Cleveland. No, no one. I don't know that I know anyone from Cleveland. I don't know that I know anyone who's been to Cleveland recently. Lauren Kay, uh, listener Lauren Kay, if you are still uh in Ohio and listening to the podcast, are you okay? Are you okay?
1: The only thing I know about Ohio is how pissed they were when LeBron James left. Because that's oh, literally yeah. all they had going for them.
0: Two buildings in LeBron.
1: Yeah. I mean, why else go to Ohio? anyway anyway (laughs) now that everyone is singing about cincinnati perhaps we need therapy all right gingy why don't you tell me about this fucking guy
0: Okay, so this this comes from a listener request. This whole thing originates on the Facebook page and I I will get into that later. But suffice it to say, at the end of World War 1, many veterans were given land by the Australian government to take up farming within Western Australia. It's weird to me that Australia exists during World War 1. Because in my mind, it didn't exist before 1985. But that's just me and my biases. didn't exist until
1: New Zealand was important for the Lord of the Rings films. Mm. Actually, that's not true. You were right. 1980s Crocodile Dundee. I take back my Crocodile
0: statement. Dundee in approximately half of all Disney Channel original movies went surfing in Australia. Yeah. What a weird time. A decade later... When the Great Depression began in 1929, the government encouraged farmers to grow more wheat and promised them that... Fuck's sake. (laughs) Hey, DJ. (laughs) DJ's here and my father-in-law are here. Like, our gutter is fucked up. They are working on the gutter. They care not that I am recording a podcast. Uh, so DJ Jazzy Jeff and DJ Jazzy Jeff Sr., if you're listening to this, <laughs> you're the bane of my existence in this very moment. These jingle, Jesus Christ. Jingle,
1: jingle, jingle. <sighs> you hear the jingle ring.
0: Um, so it's the Great Depression. The government's trying to get, uh, Australian veteran farmers to grow wheat. And promise them that if they did, they'd give them subsidies. Like you do, it's wheat. I don't know how the fuck that works, why that would be good during the Great Depression, but there we are. I guess bread. In spite of the recommendations in the promised subsidies, wheat prices, I'm going to keep saying it as wheat, wheat. Uh, continued to fall, and by October 1932, matters were becoming dire. The farmers were preparing to harvest the season's crop, but were also threatening to not deliver the wheat. Mm. So farmers were having a hard time. It was you know, it was between a wreck and a hard place. And then twenty thousand emus descended upon them. What?
1: <laughs> I mean, it is Australia, so I know emus exist and I know they're bastards. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah, so we're gonna also, like for the entirety of this of this podcast, I'm I'm gonna be saying emu a lot. I know that Australians say emu. I'm already Absolutely contending with not. Tweet,
1: but That is unacceptable. It's unacceptable.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this whole thing, like, isn't quite as weird as it sounds. Like, it's not just the, Aus- the Australians, like, it's not like they had never seen emus before. Because <laughs> that would be just a fear that I cannot fathom. If you had never seen an emu for the first time and then 20,000 of them showed up. I think I've
1: maybe seen, like, two or three together at a time. Like, I've been to a zoo.
0: Like, That's too many. You can't let them collude.
1: Oh, yeah. That is what's co- the definition of collusion. Yes. Um, I just... 20,000 is the kind of number where I can't even fathom what that looks like. With, like, other things. 20,000, like, rocks. 20,000 pieces of broccoli. 20,000 leagues under the sea. 20,000 emus is, like, no, there's there's not even that many. There's two. They're at the zoo.
0: Yeah. Okay, so so emus generally migrate after their breeding season, and they head to the coast. But farmers had cleared all these lands and brought in all of this water and delicious, delicious wheat. And the emus were like, noice, this is way better than what we were going to do.
1: I don't know, man. After my mating season, I also want to go
0: to the coast. After my mating season, I usually try to eat as much wheat as my body will sustain. Uh, As did the emus. They ate a shitload of crops, and they destroyed fences, which let rabbits in, which led to even further problems. Because rabbits are a bunch of little bastards.
1: So it's like Watership Down, but also with emus.
0: But also with emus, which really changes (laughs) the vibe of that book.
1: My parents... Rent. So we went. We were at like a blockbuster. I must have been like six or seven, and we were looking for movies to rent. And somehow we saw a, a little of uh, VHS that had bunnies on it. And we're like, let's get the bunny oh no. film. And oh so no. we brought home Watership Down, the animated film. It is not for children. <laughs> there was rabbit on rabbit murder, and four little girls were traumatized. It was bad
0: news. <laughs> it explains so much. Why are you like this? Well, I saw Rodership Dan when I was five. <laughs> I, I've never finished The Secret of Nim for similar reasons.
1: At least in The Secret of Nim, there isn't a rabbit who's literally ripping out the throat of another rabbit on screen.
0: No, but there are humans testing makeup products on animals and, like, burning them to death with acid.
1: The acid. I do. I remember, don't remember like, the acid either.
0: But like spiritually, the like acid.
1: needles and gold and them spinning and then suddenly they're wearing like waistcoats and there's the creepy owl with eyes.
0: Listeners, stay tuned for our Patreon episodes in which Ginger, <laughs> uh, Ginger and Ren uh, watch Watership Down and The Secret of Nim. They are not going to be fun episodes. <laughs>
1: So much moonshine is going to be
0: needed. Oh, God. So, mm, mm. Okay, so you've seen a emu.
1: Yes. It's a smaller ostrich with a, an accessory on top.
0: Basically. Uh, these bastards are five feet tall-ish and a 100 pounds-ish, uh, and they can run 45 miles per hour and have large talons and are propelled by pure rage and wheat. <laughs> so they can fuck up a fence. They can fuck up So it's me in bird form and able to do cardio. I mean honestly <laughs> yes Like it what what is Ren's inner beast? It's an emu. <laughs>
1: it's like, ooh, I smell bread.
0: Woo! Mm. <laughs> Let's go. Oh boy. Um so the farmers seeing just this unfathomable flock of uh Jason Alexander sized birds, um <laughs> deputized some of their ex-military peers and sent them to go meet with the Minister of Defense, Sir George Pierce. And they were like, may we please machine gun these birds? And Sir Pierce, to, in his defense, was like, don't be silly. I'm not going to let you machine gun a bunch of emus. I'm going to send the military in to machine gun a bunch of emus. Uh, okay. So... He he agreed, but he added the condition that military personnel had to be there to use the guns, and he required that farmers provide food, accommodation, and most importantly, they had to pay for the ammunition for the guns.
1: Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. You know what? These emus are not my fucking neighbors. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm on a commune with the emus.
0: But but they're guarding the wheat. Um... Pierce was being a little self-serving in allowing all of this to happen because he was trying to keep Western Australia from seceding, which I guess they were threatening to do. Um, and he also thought they're birds. They will make good target practice. Um, Had he ever met an emu? Is he Australian? Does he not know? I Based on what happens next, I'm guessing not. <laughs> Did I do significant research on this? No. Did I read two Wikipedia articles and listen to a podcast? Absolutely. Is this all based on a meme? Why, yes, it is. <laughs> Should I have put more time into this? Maybe. But Ren is trying to run a really interesting D&D campaign, and so that kind of took over. This fucking guy. guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> look, guys, you get, you get what you get. It's the great emu war. I, I don't know what else to tell you. Um, So he's like, you know, the war's over, but I got to keep these soldiers fresh. So I'm just going to get them to do the super precision shooting practice of shooting a bunch of emus. And in fact, this is going to be so fucking manly that you're not going to believe it. And what would be more manly than hiring a cinematographer to go make war propaganda out of us machine gunning a bunch of, and I cannot stress this enough, like Dua Lipa sized birds, <laughs> Lady I Gaga love sized
1: birds. Everything about this,
0: um, Lady Gaga sized, with the same energy, with the same energy and the same outfit. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh,
0: the war began in October 1932. Way later than this should have been. October 1932 and was conducted under the command of Major G.P.W. Meredith of the Royal Australian Artillery. They had two Lewis guns, which are, um, this old typey type, old timey type of machine gun. You may have seen them. They're not the ones with the belts of bullets. They have these like flat round trays on top that you load Mm -hmm. the bullets in. Um, so they don't shoot like a hundred bullets. They shoot like 20 at a time. Um, troops were told to collect a hundred emu skins so that their feathers could be used to make jaunty hats for light horsemen. Like you do. Like you do. Because it was going to be so easy. They were going to get a hundred, uh, uh 10,000, uh, nope, not 10,000. 10,000 was the number of rounds of ammunition that they brought. A hundred emus. They were going to get that like the first day. These are machine guns. Of Of course. Of course. What could go wrong? Things got off to an appropriate start when the operation was delayed by a month by heavy rainfall that caused the emus to scatter over a wider area. But finally, on November 2nd, the men traveled to Campion, where they had sighted about 50 emus. But apparently... The birds were out of range of the guns, which could only shoot like 45 fucking feet. I don't know why they didn't just move the guns closer to the emus. They didn't ask me. <laughs> that was their first fucking problem. They didn't ask me. That's true. Um, they got uh the local settlers to try to herd the emus into an ambush, but the birds were like, fuck no, who are you? fuck off uh and they split into small groups and ran every which way so they were difficult to target they claimed to have killed approximately 12 birds that day you will see later why i say approximately but yeah they realized almost immediately we are not going to be able to go at them outright but we can try to trick them because Mm -hmm. we are smart and they have emu sized brains Mm. two days later Meredith set up an ambush near a local dam, and more than 1,000 emus were spotted heading towards them. The gunners waited until the birds were in close proximity, so like 45 feet. I don't know what they were hidden under, but I imagine that they're like, that they have taped bushes to their faces.
1: I'm thinking of something very Ace Ventura, where they're in an emu. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, that feels true. Um The gun jammed almost immediately, and all but 12 birds successfully ran away.
1: All right. Well, this is going well so far.
0: So well. Then Meredith heard the birds were tamer down south, so they headed that way and were just massively unsuccessful. Just n- not a fuck. They're killing this herd of 20,000 emu, 12 at a time. <laughs> There's 20,000 emu. They only brought 10,000 bullets. So I think- they That is they're- true. That is,
1: that's not how math works.
0: No. I don't think that they're trying to kill all of them. I think that they're just trying to kill a significant amount of them. I'll get into this later, but there had previously, like in the 1800s, been legislation essentially putting the emus on the endangered species list for Australia because the white people, of course, showed up and were like, mm, these look delicious, giant drumsticks, Num nom, num, And they had made a couple subspecies of emu become extinct so they were trying to protect them and then they were like wait a minute they're eating the wheat the vermin uh and so they just sent the military to machine gun them and what a turnaround what a turnaround from one thing to the next could you
1: imagine being that major whatever his name was and being like you know you've worked your way up the ranks you've like won medals of honor you're like you know a serious dude in your military career and you're like Alright, this is your your assignment. Like, we we trust you with this major venture, and you're like, oh, you know, it's post war, like, am I going to be doing this campaign or this? And they're like, actually, we need you to kill a bunch of birds. It's like, don't we have animal control? No, uh, major, major. We need you to shoot the shit out of a bunch of fucking birds for your country.
0: And, like, that's what it was. And I imagine that that was his attitude going into it. But you have to take it a step further and realize that this was a man who had seen Russians. He had seen Germans. And the one enemy he could not defeat
1: was a a bird the size of Reese Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon would be terrifying as a bird.
0: Reese Witherspoon would be terrifying as a bird. Can we talk about Big Little Lies? Have you seen Big Little Lies? Oh, of course not. I don't watch TV. Everyone knows that. Anyway. um,
1: (laughs) Any good TV? No. (laughs) Absolutely not.
0: By the fourth day of the campaign, army observers noted that, quote, each pack seems to have its own leader now. A big black plumed bird which stands fully six feet high and keeps watch while his mates carry out their work of destruction and warns them of our approach.
1: Dude, that sounds like the polyamorous relationship I'm looking for. Like, I just want a tall bird looking out
0: over all the rest of us.
1: Yes. Over our work of destruction.
0: Just a Remy Malek-sized bird mm, mm-hmm. to just wear a magnificent feather boa and tell you if any if any haters are afoot.
1: Pretty sure that's the plot of Bohemian Rhapsody. Yep. <laughs>
0: Uh, then Meredith decided, uh, that that the good, I don't know why they only seem to have one gun at a time. If the guns were like on different fronts, cause there were only two machine guns. Remember, this is a war of two machine guns and 20,000 birds. Um, but they only seem to have one of them at a time. Meredith decides to mount one of these guns on the back of the truck, which didn't work cause the truck was slower than the birds. And also it was so bumpy that they couldn't actually fire the gun while it was moving. Again,
1: right now, this is going very much like a Looney Tunes cartoon. The whole thing is a Looney Tunes cartoon. At one point, the birds are going to paint the image of a tunnel through a cliffside, and the army is yeah. going to run straight into it.
0: I promise you, the episode art for this is just going to be wily e. Coyote wearing a helmet with the Australian flag on it. There you go. Perfect. Mwah. Done. Done. Um, by November 8th, they had used... 2,500 rounds of ammunition, a full quarter of what they had brought. And they had only killed 50 birds. <laughs> but the army was like, was it 50 or was it 200? Cause those numbers are very similar. And the farmers were oh, yeah, like, round up. You know, 200 is a lot like 500. So we're just going to round up for the sake of numbers. Oh, yeah, that's how numbers just work. second number. Meredith's <laughs> official report noted that his men had suffered no casualties.
1: You know, that definitely. <laughs> that definitely sounds like some essays that I had right in high school, <laughs> where you're just like, I'm just gonna throw any shit in there.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna throw in any shit in there and like. Uh, you know, Minister of Defense, Sir Pierce, uh, I have, I have good news and bad news, but the good news is the emus have not taken down any of my men or any of my two machine guns. Not a single one. The emus are not armed. So. They
1: are armed with rage and vengeance. And wheat. And wheat. So much destruction over just carb cravings. Right!
0: Summarizing the emu calls, ornithologist Dominic Severenti. Sure. Sure. commented, "...the machine gunner's dreams of point-blank fire into serried masses of emus were soon dispatched. The emu command had evidently ordered guerrilla tactics, and its unwieldy army soon split up into innumerable small units that made use of the military equipment uneconomic. A crestfallen field force therefore... Field force therefore, what the fuck... Field force therefore withdrew from the combat area after about a month. That was the hardest quote I've ever read. Why? Wow, that really was.
1: So, I mean, that makes sense, though. I love, you know, this idea of, like, oh, yeah, it's just 20,000 emus in this one cornfield. It's like, well, first of all, it's Australia. So it's, like, a million miles longer than you think it is. Yeah, And, like, 20,000 birds aren't going to just all hang out in one, like click you know Mm -hmm. they they all have different music tastes they all have different personalities like you know there's the jocks over there and there's the preps at that table so they're all with their own clicks and it's like yeah you thought this was just good like what did you think this was gta 5 where like there's going to be one crowd of people you could just like bowl your like truck into in order yeah. to get
0: the, like, the helicopters going after you or whatever the fuck? No, they seem to think that these were chickens and not what they were, which seemed to be, imagine Tom Cruise wearing a boa with knives strapped to his heels. They Very Tom Cruise energy. But 20,000. 20,000 of 20, 000 them. 20,000 Tom Cruise is wearing boas with knives.
1: It's essentially a very, like, feathery gay version of the raptors from Jurassic Park. <laughs> And twenty thousand of
0: them. (laughs) (laughs) Twenty thousand gay velociraptors. (laughs) Power in fear. Vastly underestimated your
1: ability to Dude, Jurassic Park couldn't deal with like the two.
0: (laughs) No. no. (laughs) Jesus. On November 8th, members in the Australian House of Representatives discussed the operation because it had been so thoroughly dragged by local media, which had claimed that only a few emus had died, whether or not that was true. TBD. Um, Pierce withdrew the military personnel and the guns on the same day. After the withdrawal, Major Meredith compared the emus to Zulus and commented on the striking maneuverability of the emus. Um, I cut the Zulu bit from the quote, it was too offensive.
1: Woof. I mean, it's almost. Yes, these, these...
0: He has respect for the emus. What I'm going to say is he has respect for the emus. He also has respect for the Zulus. There's a lot to unpack there.
1: Like in awe. Look at these primitive creatures. I can't believe they just don't let me murder them immediately. I respect their tenacity. Quote...
0: If we had a military division with the bullet-carrying capacity of these birds, it would face any army in the world. They can face machine guns with the invulnerability of tanks. Solution, enlist the birds. This is a man who has been broken by emus. (laughs)
1: Unsurprised. Again, enlist the birds into the Australian army. You would be
0: the greatest force ever to be feared. Lieutenant Squawks demands mm-hmm. your present. I have no idea what noise an emu makes. I imagine that they
1: make a noise just like... Now I need to know. The sound
0: of the emu. That's also what I'm watching.
1: It is somehow... Worse than I feared. <laughs> it is what the fuck would we compare that to? The Velociraptors in Jurassic Park. That like ah
0: like It's somehow like a pig in an echo chamber. Oh god, are these emus gonna fuck? I'm Xing out of this. <laughs> yeah, it's like a horrible guttural growl, but also a drum roll?
1: Yeah. It's awful. It's hideous. I would rather them squawk. Yes, I would rather <laughs> Can you than- imagine? It's like one of those fuck. it's like fucking Braveheart or some shit, where you see this line of 20,000 emus crest the hill and you expect, like, this battle cry of like, yeah, but it said it's like fucking orc drums
0: across yeah. the field. <laughs> I would rather them <laughs> scream in the exact voice of Patrick Bateman, which is for some reason what I thought what I thought they sounded like, but apparently not. Um... Yeah, yeah. Unsurprisingly, after the military withdrew, the emu, uh, the emus continued fucking up all the wheat. Um, but it was actually worse. It was worse than it had been before because now there was a drought. Now there was just a drought because God hates the Western Australians. I
1: mean, God's um, always hated Australia, but also, real quick, I, with the v- emu sounds, I, there happened to be a link that said Angry Emu, and I have to see what it looked like. So, first of all, this is really, again, we've already described it very eloquently as like Lady Gaga, fierce fur coat. We got it. And so, David Spade doing elaborate drag. It's like, so it's all kind of tucked up in its bird, but it's Angry Emu, right? So then suddenly it gets close to the camera. Its whole neck extends three feet and it hisses like a scorpion snake creature. Absolutely not. (laughs)
0: Absolutely not. This thing
1: can only be killed by fire. Oh, boy. Ah! (laughs) So, it- Oh, my God, I have to send you this. It's the sound of- Ren is
0: screaming, watching clips of emus.
1: (laughs) It's particularly at 17 seconds. Oh, my God, that noise is horrendous.
0: Oh, Jesus. Okay, 17 seconds. (laughs) This thing both looks and sounds exactly like a very conspicuous widow from the 1930s being questioned by police and they have just sort of pinged on the fact that she might have like poisoned him and she's telling them to get out of her
1: house at right def- this moment very much this is definitely black widow energy but yeah it yeah. has it it does this growly drum noise and then hisses absolutely not must be killed by fire it
0: grows a bathrobe <laughs> I don't understand what is happening. Nature's fucking weird. Guns are not enough for this. Guns are not enough. We we've taken a real about face from our rifle, not rifle paper company. Black rifle coffee (laughs) company.
1: We make beautiful stationery. It says the (laughs)
0: Jews. Susie cream cheese. Are you okay? (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh,
1: Sorry, there was a drought, and all these terrible drum birds are still a thing. It's
0: actually worse, because suddenly the only place where there's water is these farms that have, like, developed wells and hoses and are trying to grow wheat, and the emus are like, that's mine now. And it's, oh, oh, boy. Just give it to them. So, once again, and just... I, I am increasingly having so much sympathy for these farmers as we're watching clips of emus because Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> um, so the farmers went back to the government and said for all, for the love of all that is holy, can you please kill these fucking birds? James Mitchell, the Premier of Western Australia, lent his strong support to the renewal of military assistance, and he showed the Minister of Defense a report, which I imagine that he wrote in crayon just very crudely, that said that the operation had totally killed 300 birds. So then on November 12th, just four days after troops were withdrawn and ten days after the whole thing had started in earnest, the Minister of Defense approved a resumption of military efforts, He defended this stupid-ass decision to the Senate. Uh, And the military was like, fine. (laughs) Fucking fine. You can have the guns, but you have to provide the personnel yourselves. But the government couldn't actually... The personnel? Well, they were like, look, you guys are all veterans. You have to know how to operate machine guns. Okay. Obviously. Okay. It's not like it's a specialized skill because we just invented the machine gun 20 minutes ago.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, cool, cool,
0: cool, cool, cool. None of them fucking knew how to do it, so they had particularly <laughs> poor beleaguered Lieutenant Meredith back Aww, in. Aw, poor Meredith. Mm. I may be giving him a promotion. I don't remember what his title was earlier. Uh Beleaguered. Yes, his title was beleaguered. <laughs> uh, listener Hannah Williams, if you can write us in and let us know if that's an official title, that would be, that would be great. Um, jingle, 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 jingle. I'm going to kill a man today.
1: It's amazing how loud your door is only when you're recording this podcast. Only
0: when I'm recording this podcast. Otherwise, it's just sort of this very, very light Jingle. Meredith was a bit more successful this time around, and by December 10th, he claimed that he had killed 986 birds with 9,180 rounds of ammunition, meaning that even if that number was true, and it definitely wasn't, it took 10 bullets to kill each emu, which represented less than 1 20th of the overall herd. Meredith claimed that an additional 2,500 wounded birds had definitely, totally, I'm very sure died as a result of the injuries that they had sustained. That said, one guy hit an emu with his car weeks later, and that emu had five bullets in it and had been just fine before the car hit it. (laughs) (laughs) So who the fuck knows? Emus are the face of God. (laughs) look upon them and cower. Mm -hmm. What is happening to my house? It's haunted. Can you hear this?
1: Yeah, it sounds haunted. There's like bells in the background. There's like candlesticks floating behind you. They're stomping up the stairs.
0: If we ever do this as like a video, if we ever for our Patreon listeners do this as a video, they're just going to see all of the very clear like ghosts and vampires behind me. Mm -hmm. My house, she is haunted. (laughs) By December... News of the emu war had spread, and European conservationists, as European conservationists do, got very up in arms, and they were like, fuck you, these things are very clearly endangered. How very dare you try to machine gun them? Um They decried them for exterminating the rare emu, because like I said earlier, like, European colonizers had previously wiped out a couple of species of subspecies of emus, so it was kind of a thing, and they felt but... really bad about it afterwards. So, <laughs> did they? well, they decided to make them endangered, I guess. Somebody so, like, did. I don't know if that was the people who were actually hunting the emu. Australians are not a monolith.
1: Well, no, I just mean like European colonizers in general. Like they went there, they fucking wiped out this bird near to extinction. And they're like, ah. Oh,
0: I feel a little bad about that. They came, they saw, they wiped out several species of emu.
1: The white people story!
0: (laughs) The white people story. Despite the problems encountered with the call, the farmers of Western Australia kept asking the military for assistance with the emus in 1934, 1943, and 1948. But the government had actually learned its fucking lesson and turned them down. Instead, they implemented a bounty system and a bunch of fences, which were actually more effective.
1: Yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah.
0: So that's the uh, Australian Emu War. Now, I came to this topic because I posted a meme that was a map of Australia and China, highlighted, that essentially said, Countries who have gone to war with birds and lost. And one of our listeners asked for details, so I decided to do this. I am going to go over the Chinese thing. There is not much information on it, because this was in Mao's China in the 50s. Ah. there was not a lot of information coming out of there, and also a slightly more of a bummer.
1: Well, not a lot of information coming out, and then, like, not a lot of information
0: allowed to live. In 1958, Mao Zedong implemented the Four Pests Campaign as part of his Great Leap Forward in his campaign, he sought to eliminate rats, flies, mosquitoes, and sparrows, specifically the Eurasian tree sparrow.
1: Is it an African swallow or a European
0: swallow? It's a Eurasian swallow. Also, no, it's a Eurasian sparrow.
1: I mean, while I appreciate the gumption, he was trying to wipe out the mosquito. Like, yeah, it hasn't good gone
0: well. luck, bruh. <laughs> it hasn't fucking <laughs> gone well. Uh the sparrow campaign in particular was known as the Smash Sparrows Campaign. Oof. No nope. Woof. Woof woof woof. Mm-mm. Most of the story is woof. Uh again, the concern here was that the birds were eating crops and that farmers were mad. When farmers get mad, we go to war with birds. Have we learned nothing? No. The crows have eyes. Mm-hmm. I'm drunk. Uh the government declared <laughs> This is going to be a weird episode for me. The government declared that – I love this quote more than anything else in this, in this episode. The government declared that, quote, birds are public animals of capitalism. No further explanation given.
1: Honestly, like, that's probably the most capitalist thing I've ever fucking heard. And, like – Weird, because it was coming from the communists. yeah. Yeah, but like it's so—it's just so capitalist to do, right? Being like, actually, these birds are not being productive to the system of economics. <laughs> Fuck those birds. Eh. Eh. Or the or it could relate to the whole like birds are actually drones.
0: I mean, humans are obliged on this earth. It's true. They believe that sparrows were suspected. You can tell by copy paste a lot of this, dear listeners. Uh, they thought that each sparrow was consuming approximately four pounds of grain per sparrow per year, which, have you ever seen a sparrow? <laughs> have you seen literally how small the sparrow is? I don't care how chunky that sparrow is. He's just fat ass sparrows. How
1: fat is that fucking sparrow? That's why you can smash the sparrow. They can't fly anymore. They just roll they're around ju- they're like just- fucking pigeon Pokemon shit. Full of wheat going.
0: Uh, (laughs) Kill me, Bubba. Kill me (laughs) Kill me. I don't know what noises sparrows make, obviously. Um I don't I'm pretty sure it's not eating four pounds of grain. Like I am no ornithologist, but Jesus Christ. This campaign was uh more successful in fighting the actual birds than the emu war was, probably because the birds were like five feet shorter and a hundred pounds lighter. Chinese and citizen. not
1: equipped with
0: knives. And not equipped with <laughs> knives. Like there are very few. It, our friend, uh, our our dear listener, um, Chris M, uh, texted me the other day and sent sent me a video of his adorable newborn infant child, fresh out of the NICU. She is now able to do kamikaze barrel rolls. Mm Mm-hmm. She has she has developed that level of muscle definition in her core, and I had to text him back that baby can now take me in a fight. Because it's true. Probably. I could still take a sparrow in a fight. Mm Mm-hmm. And so could this baby. So could this oh absolutely. This baby would fuck a sparrow up. (laughs) Jeezy Crazy. DJ Squeaks. Shout out to DJ Squeaks. Um Yeah, no, sparrows are very, very small, Uh, and Chinese citizens were instructed to destroy sparrow nests and eggs. Millions of people organized into groups, and in a move that really just sounds maybe even more like Looney Tunes, maybe the same amount of Looney Tunes, they banged pots and pans together real loud. They just went around banging pots and pans together. To freak sparrows out and keep them from resting in their nests. They also shot birds out of the sky. Baking uh,
1: pots and pans together is how I cleanse my house of spirits. Get the sparrows! Out. Go! Get out! I'm tired of your shit! Get out of my house!
0: That was beautiful. A cadre of sparrows tried to take sanctuary in the Polish embassy. And uh, the Poles wouldn't let in uh, mobs to kill the sparrows. So the Chinese citizens surrounded the building and drummed like motherfuckers for two days straight. Do they have nothing else to do? After two days of constant drumming, the Polish diplomats had to use shovels to clear the embassy of dead sparrows. Drumming kills sparrows? It ke- makes them exhausted because they're too freaked out to uh, land in their nest. So they're constantly flying until they, yeah, it's, It's shitty and cruel. I glossed over that because it is...
1: that is some psychopath shit.
0: It is some psycho shit. It is very bad. I do not care for it. I do not endorse it. I wonder if sparrows are good eaten. This is why the birds happen. Yeah.
1: That's why you don't do this shit. Because then nature comes to kill you. Either through flocks of mean seagulls, like in the Alfred Hitchcock film, or the trees just deciding to emit suicide gas.
0: Well... Was the birds Hitchcock doing anti-communist war propaganda? I mean, probably it was Hitchcock. Probably. In April 1960, ornithologist Zhou Chin Chang finally successfully explained to Mao that sparrows ate a large number of insects as well as grapes. <laughs> And oopsie-daisy, that's why there was suddenly way less rice yield than the previous year, when they had started killing off the sparrows. Because there were no sparrows. Because they
1: were eating the
0: bugs. And they were eating the bugs! It's almost like ecosystems are complex. Mo mm-hmm. ordered the end of the Smash Sparrows campaign, uh, but by this time it was too late. With almost no spares to eat them, locust populations ballooned Whoa. and swarmed the fucking country, and caused uh, a uh, exacerbation of the Great Chinese Famine, in which fifteen to forty-five million people died of starvation.
1: I still will consider this as the birds winning this war. The,
0: oh yes, absolutely, absolutely. As like, like a, a
1: dying t- gasp as they fall from the sky, they just curse the humans that have done this to them.
0: Yes, absolutely. I I, I think it's a victory in the end. Plus, the Chinese government had to resort to importing two hundred fifty thousand sparrows from the Soviet Union to replenish the the sparrow population. Can you
1: imagine calling like your next door neighbor and be like, yo? What y'all doing up there? You having having a good day? Um yeah, uh us too. Except um only like a million people died today. I'm I you know, I'm not going to quibble about numbers, but I'm just wondering, bruh, you just have so many birds. Do you mind if like we get a few birds? Like, I'm- brother, can you spare a finch?
0: <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, those are two wars on birds. What I have learned is
1: um, don't fuck with birds. And this is something I already knew. (laughs) Do not fuck with fucking birds. It's not worth it. So the Martinez household, my mother has had a green Amazon parrot ever since she was 10 years old. And this bird, I'm convinced, will outlive us all. Oh, yes. And Cotarita is a very smart bird, says all sorts of things, and has hated me every moment <laughs> of my life like it does not matter my mom keeps being like oh just like sing to her she likes it i'm like no 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 no, i am 33 years old i have known this thing since birth and she still tries to bite my hand off mm-hmm. every time i try to feed her and that beak oh she would definitely take off the knuckle like she ain't fucking mm-hmm. around and i'm like you know what Fuck you! I don't. Here's your fucking spaghetti. Go eat in that corner while I feed up for, fill up your bird seed, you piece of shit.
0: Like, oh, so Jesus. tired of
1: her nonsense.
0: Oh Jesus!
1: Though admittedly, it's it is very funny to hear the sort of things that we'd all said during our childhood because obviously she knows all of our names, right? <laughs> and she definitely goes like, you know, hello, pretty birdie, like all that stuff. Uh, she goes ring, ring whenever the telephone or the do- doorbell mm-hmm. rings. So it's like ring, 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 ring. And then she also, as my, my fucking favorite phrase goes, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. And I'm like, oh, man, we y'all said that a lot in our show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. She picked up on that fucking quick. Oh, Lord. But yeah, I don't fuck with that bird. I don't no. fuck with
0: birds. Don't fuck with birds.
1: They are all drones for the government, but also hell fiends. It's fair. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In order to protect ourselves from birds, we're going to need a self-care plan.
0: Well, my self-care plan is one bullet point that says, don't fuck with birds. (laughs) In lieu of a self-care plan, I have just abruptly decided I'm going to tell you the story of my own victory in a war against a specific bird. Um, that being my in-laws African gray parrot, which they got secondhand. Guys, don't get parrots. Don't get
1: secondhand parrots.
0: D- well, <laughs> if you're going to get a parrot, I guess maybe get a secondhand parrot because, um, yeah, those things live a lot longer than you do. But this thing came uh, to them via Craigslist, which is just depressing. Whoa. And um, came, with, as far as I can remember, and this has been a couple of years, mind you, but as far as I can tell, the only thing that it could squawk was either SpongeBob SquarePants or SpongeBob and Patrick. Oh, It could only okay. do those two things. It would start at 4 a.m. every day. So I was visiting my in-laws up in New York, um, with DJ Jazzy Jeff, uh, and, uh, <laughs> we were cooking dinner one night and the parrot was just on its bullshit again. And my father-in-law, the same one who's been ringing that bell the entire episode, at one point instructed me to keep watch over the pork chops that were cooking on the stove. And as I watched in, In case the parrot took the pork chops. Well, it, it, the parrot was in a cage. As I passed the parrot and it was just screaming, I, I manifested in my mind, I fucking hate you, you stupid fucking bird, I wish you would drop dead. Within two minutes, I heard a single squawk and a thud.
1: Ginger, your necromancy has emerged. Mm. You are too powerful for this world. You can defeat the
0: birds. Ooh. Ooh. Wow. You are the chosen one. I am the chosen one. I am the only person who can uh, just St. Patrick-like uh, just banish the emus from Australia. Will I do it? No, I won't because I don't fuck with birds.
1: Uh, this reminds me of I used to work at a vet, uh, during college. Oh, and God. And one of the vets I worked at, uh, also did like exotics. So, you know, your rats and your gerbils and mm-hmm. your reptiles and all that sort of shit and also birds. And when it was off hours or the weekend, the exotics hospital was closed, but the main floor of the hospital was also the emergency center. So you could do and bring in your exotic emergencies. So. <laughs> yeah. Exotic emergencies. One day, I, you know, I'm answering the phones and I get a call and I'm like, you know, thank you for calling Veterinary Hop Spittle. This is Ren. How can I help you? They're like, hey, so we have um, a bird, and Petey, and Petey doesn't seem to be doing so good, and we're not sure what to do. And I was like, well, unfortunately, without a veterinarian taking a look at it, it would be very difficult for us to provide medical advice over the phone. We do advise that you would bring the bird into our hospital. We'd be happy to see it so we could diagnose that for you and see what kind of care the bird needs. Mm -hmm. Well, an hour later, this family comes in. They have a cage, but our reception desk was pretty tall. It was like chest Mm height for me. And so they come up to the desk. They're like, oh, hey, we called you an hour ago about Petey. And we just want to say, like, oh, okay. So typically what happens is that I'll go ahead and, you know, you know, get you guys in a room and like take, help get Petey to the back. So I had called a technician and let them know Petey was up front. And so then I walk around the side to get them settled. And I see the cage and I see the bird. Petey is on the floor of this cage. On its back, legs upright, wings out, eyes Full open rigor out fully in rigor. And I'm like, you know, let me go ahead and get Petey back right now. It's it made it looks pretty dire. So let me go ahead and make sure the doctor sees it. So I grab that cage, I set that family down in a room and like, they're going into room one, woo! And so I run into the back with this prick, this cage, and I go in the back and I'm like, hey doc. And they're like, that's a dead bird. <laughs> Like, it is a dead bird. The family doesn't know it's dead and wants to see what you can do. And they were like, "Oh, oh no, not much." <laughs> and I was like, "They're in room one." They were like, "Yep, okay." So, oh god, the doctor then had to go into the room and explain to them that Petey had long left this mortal coil—hours <laughs> or days hence. Jesus. <laughs> so you know. I hope Petey's doing well in the bird bath of the afterlife.
0: Pouring one out for Petey tonight. <laughs> uh, and uh, on that note, I guess, <laughs> that's going to be all for us this week, folks.
1: Uh, if you like what you're hearing, you should check us out on com uh twitter which is also this effing guy pod as well as our patreon we do have some book club episodes that i'm getting ready to organize with ginger oh so God. it'll come down the pipe i promise i'm not just making that shit up i have already picked up the book slash chapter soft whatever
0: dear listeners i'm very scared and this should i guess entice you
1: and we have a Facebook, which is this fucking guy. We have delightful memes all about birds. So we want to thank all of our bird-loving listeners who uh, have joined us on this episode about why you don't fuck with birds.
0: Yeah, and let this be a lesson to all of you, I guess, that if you uh, comment in on one of our memes, I will probably do an episode on it. Uh, so... Message us instead, I guess. As always, I'm Ginger Gollum. I am Ren Martinez. Here's a bonus self-care tip. Keep wearing a mask or so help me
1: God. And as a bird self-care tip, because it's very important, don't feed ducks bread. Feed them things like barley, oats, frozen peas, or grapes
0: cut in half. Don't give, don't make fat ducks. They're even worse (laughs) than you think. It it synthesizes their powers, and no one needs that.
1: Also, don't be this fucking guy. Peace. Peace!
0: This fucking guy.